everybody has their own story. And before you could ever work with family, you have to join up with that family member. In seven seconds, whether it's a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, an uncle, a partner, they decide if they like me or not. And I sit there with this sort of magic pens and everything. And I say, tell me about you. And then I ask them to tell me about their loved one. But then we sort of jump because life is really messy. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers, and I am so excited today to have one of my dearest best friends in the world, Dr. Louise Stenger. Louise is an author, a speaker, a social worker, a professor. So many, a grandmother, a mother. <laughs> a mother. And if you have any other terms of endearment, I'm going to ask you to keep it to yourself. I had a good friend. I mean, how Anything many times else. have we been together? Oh, Thousands at this point. Thousands. Yeah. And I'm always so excited and so energized when I come to Houston and see Jay Flowers because he's always evolving always something new, always something cutting edge. And I just love that about you. Thank you. You know, we've done a lot of work together over the years and you're here in Houston this week with families and working with some of the families. And I just wanted to say thank you for being here and thank you for taking time today to do this podcast before you hop on a flight back to California. Oh, well, I'm so excited to be here. And always, it's like such a joy to be on a podcast with you. Thank you. And what I love about working with families that you have is I get to work in such a collaborative, generational way. Yeah. Because I get to work with different types of clinicians that you have, and they all have different ages, different experiences, and yet we all come together, Mm -hmm. process with the idea of the greater good of how can we help this person thrive? How can we help them discover their why? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, something you told me at dinner last night is we were talking about your blogs, right? Mm-hmm. We all get Louise Stenger's blogs. And if you don't get Louise's email, then we're going to tell you how to connect with Dr. Stenger shortly at the end of this podcast. But you should become a member of your MailChimp. MailChimp, yeah, <laughs> like ma- very email sexy, list. Yeah, yeah. right. And so that you can read her weekly emails because they're quite interesting and her blogs are always amazing and fun to read. But how many did you say you had done yesterday? Oh my God. Like I asked him because I said, what are we doing? And he said, you now have done over 400 blog posts. That's wild. I go, oh my goodness. And someone, you always ask me or someone always say, who's your ghostwriter? And then I turn around and I look and I go, Oh, it's me. Exactly. It's me. There is no ghost <laughs> there is in the no room. There is no ghostwriter. Oftentimes I have, you know, 
a wonderful gentleman that's now in Georgia, he used to be in Tennessee. He's, he corrects my grammar because <laughs> honestly, I have an idiolect, which means I create words and I have some run on sentences. But hats off to Marcus Kresser, who takes and puts my words to music, but has been doing it for years. In fact, I was going to say he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, with my first book. Yeah. He's the one that helped put the first book falling up together. Amazing. I think I've watched him grow because he had just been newly married and now he has two children that yep. maybe are four mm. or maybe six. And so, you know, it's just, I know since 2018, we've been working together and he, you know, is so nice and so responsive. 400 blogs is a lot of blogs. I wonder if there might be a book in those blogs. Well, we were thinking about categorizing my favorite blogs or the ones yep. that had the biggest hits. Yeah. And taking a look at those and seeing what they are. But yeah. like this week, like I was really excited. You know, you and I have something in common on a personal level. We both grew up in families that we would call alcoholic. We both grew up in families that experienced mm -hmm. trauma death by suicide, yep. mental health, mm -hmm. substance abuse. And, you know, I thought like I would do a new twist on a very prominent thing because so many of our families have grown up in one out of every three families grows up with something going on. And I think it may be even more than one out of three, but yeah. good number. <laughs> but it's a good number. But, you know, what was, and so often when we meet people, you know, we have, they have to, they we're wanting them to repair and not repeat. Right. But no one seems to ask the question, what was the most painful event or most significant mm -hmm. event of your childhood? Mm -hmm. Right. They always say, what's your earliest memory? Yeah. What do you remember? What was your best memory? But you never hear, what is the most traumatic memory that yeah. you have of your childhood? Yeah. Or what is it you most liked about your childhood? Mm -hmm. Because that can give you inroads mm -hmm. to how maybe you act today. Right. And if you can uncover that, unpack it, toss it up, and change up the noodles, you have a different way of thriving. That's right. Absolutely. And that's our goal, right? And yeah. both your goal and my goal in working with the patients with whom we both work is always how to allow them to get to a space where they can go thrive, right? And just function highly and fly, yeah. right? And speaking of that, you mm -hmm. mentioned the word fly. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's been on my mind a lot lately. I know, but what I love about you and what I love about Jay Flowers, it takes, you know, you feel like you're flying up high when yeah. you do those evaluations because you're taking that huge, huge lift and you're looking down at all the peaks, the valleys, the rivers, the orchards and everything, mm -hmm. which reminds me, you do fly, don't you? <laughs> I do. You know, not very many. I don't talk about it a lot. I even some of my closest friends last week, I was talking about going to fly and they said, you mean like on United? And I was like, <laughs> no, as in a like as in piloting an airplane, I am a pilot. Do you know, I got my pilot's license, Louise. I will never forget. It was a Saturday morning. I was getting ready for my FAA flight exam and I was nervous already early Saturday morning and I turn on the news. And it was July the 16th, 1999. Do you know what happened uh, on July 16th, 1999? No. Well, it, not good news for pilots it's, and really uh, the, oh, the country was, in general. Felt, yeah. But it was the day that JFK Jr. unfortunately oh. crashed his plane oh, on his way goodness, to Martha's yeah. Vineyard. And so 
there I was watching TV, getting ready for my FAA flight exam, and boom, JFK crashes his airplane. And I thought, oh my gosh, now I have to go sit for this exam, and I have to fly with an FAA examiner. But I'll never forget that date that I received my certificate to fly. And I love to fly. It's a passion that I have. It's part of my own therapy. Other than seeing my own therapist weekly, I mm -hmm. go out and fly as much as possible. And it's my, when I'm up in the air flying, it's just, you know, I'm paying attention to the instruments and I'm paying attention to the horizon and I'm listening to music and my hair and my headset. And it's just absolutely, of course, in air traffic control. But <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's so, good. Right. And others talking and but it's a great quiet time for me just to relax and have some therapy sometimes just flying to austin or san antonio or baton rouge or lake charles or new orleans or what have you but this summer i plan to fly up to cape cod oh how uh, fabulous yeah which would be really Good. nice yeah i may fly out to california and see you and pick you up i would love that one of my favorite memories of coming out to seeing you and john is we went to what was the museum willis allen jr's museum and yeah that is willis allen is a great collector of private airplanes including Lindbergh's original plane <laughs> and he flies absolutely everywhere and there's uh. just so much joy in being up up and away my only experience with having any type of airplane mm -hmm. or air aeronautic was, <laughs> you know, with my first husband, he owned the first hot air balloon in all of San Diego way no before. Way. Oh, yeah. I learned something about you every yeah, day. Yeah, and we would go up and it was in those days, it was pretty, it was blue and yeah. white, but now they're just so oh. magnificent. And we yeah. took off from the flower fields behind us in Cardiff and. And one time, I guess, was a very funny thing. He got arrested oh. because he landed in, instead of going out into the ocean, uh -huh. it was a classic story, instead of going out in the ocean, and he was, you know, a iconoclastic dentist, a little eccentric mm -hmm. and everything, and they were flying. But instead of going out into the ocean, they landed in a farmer's field, and there were farmer's fields in Del Mar at the time. <laughs> and at the time, there was a bull, and the oh, bull was no. in heat. <laughs> it was the balloon red by and chance. The, the balloon was white and blue, and they called the farmer, called the police, and oh. there was this like there was a, and the police said, well, "We have to, you were trespassing." But you know, it was really like the. <laughs> I've never heard that story. That's oh, great. Uh, oh, there is the story. And then about you had when, to go bail your husband out of jail. I did. I did. We had to bail him out from the farmer's field, and he would balloon. go get the balloon, and it was pretty funny. But I was going to say, what a fun memory! Right? It was a. It yeah. is a fun memory, and and so being up high and going in those little planes yeah. is really great. And I guess where I live now, one of our neighbors is just sorry i can't wait to introduce him to you mm -hmm. because he's just busy flying and i understand that gavin who mm -hmm. felicia's son your grandson yeah, yeah he is going to oshkosh this year because he wants to be a pilot that is so who cool. would have known how old is he now 14 no he's 16 Six, oh i know can we fly now yeah, yeah. You can fly now so actually i think you can fly at 14 yeah. but, and some yeah. of the clients some of the young men i've had this year have actually taken flying lessons oh, which yeah. is really taken them away from some of the difficulties they've had. So, you know, I'm so excited that you get to follow your passion and do, you know, what's your wild idea. That's right. That's, <laughs> it sometimes can be a wild idea to go out and fly. 
But again, it's just something I've done my whole life. My mm -hmm. father was a pilot, not professionally. He had mm -hmm. a air, small airplane when I was growing up and it was always fun flying with him. Mm -hmm. And I have some of the same stories about probably getting arrested as a pilot that yeah. you do that my father did, but or shouldn't have done. Yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> we'll talk working. about that offline. Yes, I think so. You I... know, being a social worker, right? You mm -hmm. work with a lot of families, and one of the things I remember that you love to do is family mapping. Yeah. So our audience is always asking, tell me about family. Parents are always asking, tell me about family mapping. Let's talk about family mapping for just a second. Okay. So I love, you know, everybody knows or hears about what a genogram is. Yeah. Well, family mapping is not your ordinary genogram. I'm so blessed because you give me families to work with. And what I do is I interview everybody individually. Mm -hmm. And I have this huge piece of paper that's like butcher block and that magic Sharpie colored pen that sure. makes me look like I am some sort of artist, which I'm not, but we take a trip. And when I interview everyone individually, mm -hmm. the research methodology is called portraiture developed by Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot out of Harvard. I just want to learn about the family and I, everybody has a different perspective and we know there might be an identified loved one and that might be the client that says flowers, the client that's really struggling but everybody has their own story. Right. And before you can ever work with family, you have to join up with that family member. In seven seconds, whether it's a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, an uncle, a partner, they decide if they like me or not. That's right. And I sit there with this sort of magic pens and everything, and I say, tell me about you. And then I ask them to tell me about their loved one. But then we sort of jump because life is really messy. I let them take me, which is a social work thing, start where your client is, on a journey. And I learn about them. I learn about the family. I learn about, you know, the experiences they've had. Maybe they had trauma like you and I had. Maybe they had mental health in their family of origin. Maybe they had sudden death. Maybe they had multiple moves. Maybe they had financial crisis. Maybe they had someone with a lot of religiosity. I don't know where the map is going to take me, but it's going to take me and all of a sudden, in some ways, destigmatizes mm -hmm. that identified loved one. At the same time, because I interview people individually, that's that human story. And we know that we could all be in the same room, see the same thing, and but we saw different things. You bet. And so I might then interview a brother, a sister, a mother, an aunt. And add, ask them to tell me this, the same, same question. Story. It's yeah. the same questions. Mm -hmm. It's tell me what's special about you. Tell me about you. Right. Tell me what's special about your loved one. What, why is your heart hurting? And tell me about school. Tell me about dancing. Tell me about marriage. Tell me about your sex life. Tell me about your marital relationship. Mm -hmm. Tell me how many partners you have. But all of it. All of it. But it becomes so rich. And then it becomes this colorful sort of <laughs> not artistic thing. But it shows, and then you say, hey, wouldn't you do? Let me see, because it's real curious. Because Absolutely. there is nothing more boring in my mind, sorry, clinicians all over the world right now, yes. than looking at a traditional genogram. It's a block, it's because life is vibrant. Life is messy. And this gets to show it's messy. Also, it becomes a great roadmap for where you might want to go. Like, I remember a long, long time ago, 
doing a live roadmap where you first were. And it was a young man who we dearly loved. Yes. And we were in a room and his mother had a brother and he died at age 36. And mother was, this was live amongst audience and everything. She started to cry. And this young man was there in your care for substance abuse, for some multiple other things. And she started to cry because the story was he had a heart attack. But he didn't have a heart attack. He died of HIV. The right. moment she could let go of her secret, this young man jumped out of his chair and said, I need to share, I need to share, I need to share. And we said, just hold on, we'll let you share. And really what it right. was, was he wasn't sure about his gender. He right. wasn't too sure about his sex. And that yeah. family map in that moment gave him the opportunity to share. Right. And it wasn't planned. You right. could have spent hours, hours, No one thought it was going to go in that direction. No one would have thought that. Another one that I remember so clearly was when I used to do them live in a large group. You know, when someone dies, you usually put a black X, right? Right. But I came in one day and they, everybody had heard about I have me. a lot of those black X's. Yeah, so do I. But I came in one day and this one girl said, I can't wait to do a family map with you. Like, And I go, okay. And she said, but I got to tell you something. I go, what is it? I'm not going to put a black X over my brother. And in the thing, I go, okay, what would you like to do? And she said, I want to put a halo like he's an angel. So this was a young girl who had you know, was the identified loved one with yeah. multiple problems, you know, sure. alcohol, drugs, eating disorder, cutting, you know, and her brother had died less than two years ago. But right. but we didn't know at the time till we did the math how he actually died. But he had a halo on him because he was perfect. He yeah. was perfect, but he wasn't perfect. Yeah. And that's what we learned. He actually died falling off of a parking lot. Yeah where he fell to his death in a drug deal gone wrong. And all the attention was directed towards this family. And there was uncategorized loss and grief. And mom, you could tell from the family map, it's not like you could address all these things at one time. No. She had a lot of grief and she actually internalized it. She ended up with Gillian Beret. Mm -hmm. Right. Got really sick. And dad had been obviously a successful person, but he was in recovery. That map gave the clinician then a roadmap of where you might want to go because it's sitting there in live color. Here, right. You take a, what did you get out of this? Absolutely. So I do love them and I still, it takes longer when you're working with families sure. that I won't put a family together until I have a chance to yep. interview them. And, you know, I'm so grateful for Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot and, or when I was doing my doctoral degree yeah. on a subject unrelated to that, on sudden death right. and loss and yep. widowhood, that I actually discovered this method. And I know some people will say, oh, my God, how did she do that? Like, these are the ravings of a it's, mad sign. They're, they're like big, huge, beautiful pieces of art that you can put on your wall. Yeah, And, and we you, can talk about our families and you can hear and you can listen and they can listen to each other. But when you look down at this butcher block paper yeah. and you actually see it and you see what you said, what your brother said, what your sister said, what your mother and dad said, 
it is just yeah. a whole different picture than the way that it started. It's kind of like that tele that game telephone, right? That's right. Where you're sitting in a circle and it starts with a story and ends up in a different story. So when you see it, it's just a beautiful image of this family. And I love that you do that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you remember, there was a book a long time ago written by Lawrence Durrell, and it was called The Alexandria Quartet. It was based on Einstein's theory of relativity. Okay. But when I remember, I had to read it as a young graduate student, and it took place in Morocco. And this is the first time I experienced really portraiture at its best. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, there were four books. I had no idea with Balzabar or Alexander. They were in the same market, the mm -hmm. same exact market, but each one saw it differently through a different sure. lens. And to me, that's always stuck with me because... Yeah. What I see, what mom might see, my dad might see, my, my partner might see, sure. are so different. And what we're all looking for is goodness. Right. You're looking for strength base because, and then the other thing that happens with this is I sent a client to a long time ago or a while ago that I was hired to do the intervention on the woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I told, after doing the family map, I said, I'm sorry, I can't do an invitation to change on your wife. You need to go see Dr. Flowers first. And he, so, so you, I remember this now. Yeah. And, he, and he actually went and he came back and he said, Louise, I really want to thank you. I went with one addiction. I came back with 12. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> but, right. But, and then his wife could go, but he'd no way could you have done that. And if I hadn't done the family map, no, I would have just, you know, so I think it's just a great way if you have time. And you know how to use it and you know how to do it to begin to join up because it makes everybody feel special. And you and I both know in seven seconds, seven There's either seconds. a connection or there's not. And if there's not a connection, we could stand on our head from now until like Tisha Bob, which no, I don't absolutely. know, yeah. and do something. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, and you have such a skill for making that connection. And that's why you're such an amazing interventionist. You've been an interventionist now. For many, many years, I think your certificate number was what? Three? <laughs> so ridiculous <laughs> yeah, number, like yeah. Number three. Yeah. And the, which the, which the, is wild to yeah. me. And that's amazing. But you do so well because you do it in an invitational way and yeah. you make a connection both with the family first and then also with yeah. the identified patient, which is amazing. And, you know, I've been fortunate to see some of your intervention patients and, you know, sent my way. You certainly send everyone around the country when it's a right fit. But those that I have had the pleasure of working with have been absolutely amazing, stunning cases yeah. that really were brought because of the work that you did with families. So thank yeah. you for what you do. Oh, thank you. And you know what I'm having fun with now is a what? little bit of a pivot. Mm -hmm. And that is I'm really blessed that some behavioral health care centers around the country yeah. are just giving me the families to work with. Like yeah. Sort of as a family whisperer. Which is really different because we're starting from a different, right. we're starting because the person's already here, but that doesn't mean they'll stay there. Right. Trust me. Yep. It doesn't mean that, but it means that people recognize how important mm -hmm. really good family work is and how we can join up to help move them to change over time. And that's really because, I mean, just talking about riding a bicycle back. Yeah. I don't know how to ride a bicycle, but I do know how to ride one backwards. Yes, you do. As long as it's a spin bike. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
Which you love, by the way. I know. You know, you're getting ready. Speaking of Soul Cycle and spinning, you've done more than a thousand <laughs> spins at Soul Cycle. You had they had a party for you at Soul Cycle, right? In I West know. Hollywood. I know. I remember the day it happened. But you take care of yourself, right? And you're a spry young forty year old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You take great care of yourself. How do you take such good care of yourself and maintain? You, I tell people all the time, I don't know how you have the energy that you have because I don't have half the energy that oh, you have. Yes, you what do. do you do? I don't know. Lately, because I live in a whole different place and it was really hard for me, yeah. I miss the noise. Everybody knows. like my, You miss the noise of West Hollywood. I do. Yeah. In my fantasy, when I grow old, I'm going to live at the Sunset Marquee. <laughs> I know all the doormen there and we're going to have a satellite office it there. It won't be Eloise, but it'll, it'll be, be Louise, Louise at, at the Sunset Marquee. Marquee. But Our like, favorite hotel. Yeah, it's my, yeah, yeah, it is just the noise. I like the noise of vibrancy. So when I moved there, I'm trying to learn how to play pickleball. Like, yeah. I am the only person I know that was really ugly <laughs> in a blue gym suit. And, but it's really fun because it's just such a, I mean, you can't be, I'm not competitive about right. it. Because sure. some of the words, you're dinking, you're in the kitchen, I don't cook. So it's really like, what are you doing right. here? But the people seem to be very vibrant and lively. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're not with someone who is a competitive athlete, who's just determined at any age to do it, it's a lot of fun. Plus, it takes you out in the fresh air because we know that fresh air is really good. The other thing is, like, I do live in the middle of a forest right now. And I did like Billy Crystal, one of my wonderful neighbors, Lisa Moore, who really is a Wellington-type equestrian. I said, oh, I want to go horseback riding. So I put on, I mean, <laughs> I went horseback riding. But there are, like, when you walk around where I live right mm -hmm. now, they're the most beautiful horses. I don't stunning. have, yeah. they're just stunning. But it's being in nature. I still am an ocean person. I have to say there's some vibrancy. But getting outside of yourself. I mean, I get up very early. I like to write at four or five in the morning. So a blog can get pushed out pretty quickly right. there. And then if I'm blessed to have clients, a lot of them are right now, they're in Costa Rica, they're in London, they're, they're in Texas. You know, they're sort of like in different parts of the world. And so you are getting a really early start. But it's always, it, the transitions are hard. And when I feel like I'm getting closed in, like when I feel like San Diego is just closing in on me yeah. and I miss the noise, I miss yeah. the noise, which is really sort of interesting. Because yeah. I never had that experience. I sort of get up in my car and hightail it yes, you do. to West Hollywood. I've talked to you a few times on the phone all the way to Hollywood. Yes, right. Because <laughs> like, and to me, it's like just synergistic. But I think you know, it's amazing that you live in such a beautiful place. It's quiet. It's an amazing, uh, I don't even want to call it a neighborhood, yeah. a state, but it's amazing. But it's also amazing that you need more sometimes. And you'll just get in your car. Tell John, I love you. I'll see you someday. <laughs> I'll see you. Adios. <laughs> and I'm going to West Hollywood for the weekend. Yeah. And you'll go do spin with Soul Cycle, and you'll go see friends and go to dinner and do a little work and do a little yeah. writing and just enjoy the sunset marquee. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Last so, time I was there, I got to see Manny, who yeah. is like one of your best friends. And then the doorman said, don't worry. I never asked Michael Bolton for an autograph. I only asked you to autograph your book. <laughs> 
And I go, okay, thank you. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Could I, I have it? Yeah. And, and what a wonderful celebration we had when they honored you at Miriam's house this past year. Yeah. What an honor to not only be at Miriam's house to see you be honored, which was well, well deserved, but also just all of us staying at our fun. favorite place. That was an amazing weekend. Miriam's house is one of the great causes I follow. And I think they're an amazing organization. You follow them and well, I'm on the board well. now. Yeah. But and then I want you to come. Like I can't always go up because yeah. being in, I don't do as much in LA as I want to because right. it is expensive journey sure. to go stay in Sunset Car here all the time. But they're having a Mother's Day event, which I'm hopeful will be just slam dunk. I think Felicia yeah. Alexander is doing something getting Love some it. stuff for them. Good. I know Urban and the Mystic just gave some paleo sticks oh, nice. that say love Miriam's house to give away to everybody, yeah. but it'll be in the garden and everything. And it's another way to celebrate these wonderful women yep. who are changing the course of their life. And it's yeah. such a unique charity. It's such a unique charity. It was amazing to sit in the group and listen to mothers talk about their history and their own trauma and their childhood trauma and their addiction and their mental health and then having children and then losing a lot of them lost their children and then their journey to get their children back and then to be in treatment with their children is amazing yeah, what a gift it is what a gift yeah. and it's what hard work and you know they're in the middle of trying to raise funds to help redo this converted nunnery that they've had and what a worthwhile if only they could you know, get that successful, then duplicate it across the United States because there's so many Absolutely. women with children. I remember when I was on Katie Couric's mm -hmm. podcast earlier this year. I mean, there's women and alcohol and other drugs. They have it harder so much, sure. especially with young children. Where can I go? Where can I stay? Right. Absolutely. Which leads yeah. me to my question for you. Oh boy, this is, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. but yes, what's your what question? is your why? <laughs> We've oh. been talking about last night. What are our whys? We were both sitting at a table having dinner saying, what is your why? Well, what is your why? <laughs> you know, gosh, Louise, you know, my why is my history, right? And my passion for seeing families come out of dysfunction and come into health and be able to thrive and heal their wounds, mm -hmm. heal their past. You and I both, as you said, have that in common and we've been able to do that. And guess what? We still go to therapy. We still do things to make ourselves healthy. We, I will always go to therapy. I think we should all be in therapy constantly. But my why really truly is I do this out of memory for so many family members that have lost to mental health addiction. And how important it is to see people heal and thrive and change the course of their future generations. Because if we can't change the course of our future generations, we're just going to continue in that dysfunction, right? So that's my why. Well, and I know in, what, a couple of weeks, you're going to be talking about your why at a keynote speaker, as a keynote speaker in Colorado at the Winter Symposium. What city? Oh, I think it's in Aspen or yeah. Snowmass. Yeah. I'm very excited. We know I don't ski, but I can dress the part, <laughs> which, yeah, is always, right. which is you always Put all your clothes I on. I can put all my clothes on. I'm so excited to have all these beautiful sweaters. But I'm really excited because yeah. it is a leadership conference. I think it will have CEOs and marketers there. And it's no better time than for them to figure out what their why is. Absolutely. They know their how. 
and right. they know their what. So audience, get they... ready. She's going to ask you what your why is. So come so, ready. What is your why? <laughs> <laughs> Louise, thank you so much. If everyone out there wants to get re- or anyone, but everyone will want to reach you. How do they reach you? I know all about interventions.com. Oh, well, How else can people well, you? you know what? I'm the only person I know that still answers their own phone and it hasn't changed since I was a professor. Yeah. I lived in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So it's 619-507-1699 or reach out to the website and I guarantee you I will pick up the phone or I will email you back. But, you know, thank you so much. You're Being so in Houston is always for me heart-centered and synergistic. Thank I you. leave so excited, so full of ideas and, you know, obviously well, do some writing about it. We're constantly staying up late and talking about our crazy wild ideas. Yes. <laughs> I know. Thank you for being here. Safe travels this afternoon. I love you and I'll see you soon. Good. I love you. Thank you. And everybody reach out to J Flowers Health Institute at 713-783-6655 or jflowershealth.com. Thanks for joining us today. Take care. Thank you. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next Thanks week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank yeah. you.